What's happening, people? Welcome back to Park Lane Podcast, episode number 73, which is brought to you and sponsored by Manscaped. Now, really quickly, we'll go over, as we usually do, quick shout out to Manscaped. Um, Manscaped have been brilliant and they've sent us over or sent me over quite a few products. Um, they are a male grooming brand. You can go and access their website at manscaped.com. You can use the code ParkLanePod and you get 20% off plus free shipping. And I tell you what, you know, sorry to everyone in the chat, any, you know, people that don't want to hear this, but I've been using their products this week. And I tell you what, absolutely sensational. And you don't need to worry about any little disasters. But we'll move on from that. We'll introduce everybody that in the group tonight. Harry, I'll start with you. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, very good. Thank you. Um, you know, Chelsea have just kind of made my day by losing. Uh, as you will see, Jay's already started it in the chat. Absolutely love it. But no, thank you very much. It's great to be back. Um, talking Tottenham. And Holly, you know, apologies that you have to listen to me talk about my male grooming, but you know, all has to be done in the sake of sponsorship. So how are you? Yeah, no worries. Uh, yeah, I'm good, thanks. Like Harry kind of alluded to, it's been a great Sunday, um, but I'm happy to talk Spurs uh, tonight. So thanks for having me. No problem. And Callum, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, how's your balls? They nice and smooth after manscaping all week? <laughs> Tell you what, they've never been smoother. But anyway, um, I've never been smelling so fresh, but uh, you know. We'll move how on. How the hell anyway, do you know how you they smell down there? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my right, God. Do you have an apology to make to everybody that's in the chat tonight? I do. Uh, I am on a new mic set, and it's my first time using it, so I am sorry for any grief and delay that I did cause. But I tell you what, it sounds bloody smooth. It sounds good. Well, I would hope yeah. so after spending over 100 quid on it, mate. <laughs> Jesus. I, I went out in the aim of buying a new screen and turns out they're nearly a thousand pounds. So I think uh, that one can poke it for a little while soon. <laughs> no worries. Right. I'm going to give a shout out to people in the chat. So Jay was in nice and early and, uh, you know, following on from our Tuesday night uh, pro club sessions, he's uh, told us what he's had for dinner. So he's had beef casserole for his dinner tonight. And uh, Barney said, I'm in Nottingham and I've had a roast dinner tonight. So uh, if you're in the chat, let us know what you had for dinner. Unfortunately, Winnie's not here because he loves a bit of that. But um, yeah, for those that don't know, for some reason, it's something that's started to be a thing on our uh, Tuesday night pro club session. So thanks for you guys for jumping in with that. We've also got some love for everybody else saying evening. Luke, Callum, Holly and Harry. Looking forward to the show. Uh, who else we got in the chat? We've got Thomas. And we've got Johnny. I think that's about it so far. So if you are in the chat, there's quite a few more of you. Let us know who you are and where you're from. Right, so let's get into it. So this is going to be a bit of a season so far uh, discussion tonight. I'm going to come to you, Callum. I want you to start by asking you the question, what has been your highlights of the season so far? Obviously, Ange coming in. I think that was what everyone wanted. They wanted a change for the season, a little bit of an uplift after Stellini and Conte. So to have something so refreshing within probably six to eight months was really positive. And we knew it wasn't going to all be plain sailing. But I would say Ange has been my highlight for this year. For definite, mate. Yeah, that's actually outside of the box thinking. Like, I wasn't going to... I didn't even think that came to mind. All I'm thinking is like games. I'm thinking of players. But yeah, and joining has been absolutely brilliant and uh, good to see that. Holly, what's been your highlight of the season so far? 
Uh, Mickey van der Ven, uh, end of discussion. Daddy long legs. Uh, he's just been brilliant at the back. Um, I think having his pace, sometimes I think to myself, we're never going to be able to come back from this where we play such a high line and then boom, Mickey van der Ven is there. So I keep it short and sweet, even though he's not short and sweet. And that is uh, Mickey van der Ven. Amazing. Brilliant. And Harry? How about you? Yeah, I, th- I think, well, Callum alludes to you perfectly in terms of Postal Coglu. I mean, that is the main one, let's all be honest. And it didn't come to me straight away either. Like you, uh, you said, Luke, I was thinking of games and moments. That's a big one. Holly spot on with Van der Ven in terms of the way we want to play and his recovery pace. Been absolutely huge. I'll put Vicario as well in that conversation. But individual moments for me, that winner against Liverpool. Being Liverpool at home has been hard for us to do it that you know that late on as well. Cause it's, it would have felt like two drop points considering Liverpool had nine men and obviously they're having their disallowed goals. So to, to go on and win that was was massive at the time. I know obviously in the um you know, where, where we are now it's in terms of we're quite a distance away from Liverpool. It's not as big as it, it could have been at the start. But there's been lots of lots of good moments for us. I think it's been a very positive season overall. Uh but yeah they're the moments that really stand out to me. Yeah definitely I, I kind of had in my mind like last minute winners, you know, against like Sheffield United, with last minute winners against Brighton, against Liverpool. Um yeah. There has been quite a few last-minute or last-pass winners, which usually we don't get that many of per season. But actually, Spurs as a whole do get quite a lot of last-pass moments uh, in games. But that's been mine. But I tell you one thing, and I'm going to move on actually with this one because we've got we've had a couple from Callum and also from Holly. But we're going to talk about um, best players so far this season, and I'm going to put this out there as someone who I criticised a lot, and you know thought that he was a lot of nonsense, to be honest. But I'm going to give it so far to Richarlison because I think he's been, since he's come back from his injury and his um, surgery, I think he's been absolutely outstanding. And um, yeah, I just think that he's been brilliant. So Harry, I'll come to you because we've had from the other guys. Who's been your player of the season so far? Yeah, Richarlison's a good shout. And, you know, in terms of, for me, if it was a question like who's been the biggest turnaround this season, who's really turned it around, then names like Basuma, Porro, uh, and Richarlison really come to me. But in terms of overall players of the season and who's really kept us in games and, and you know, ultimately we've got so many points. For me, I, I look at Vicario or Van der Ven and it probably just about is Vicario for me. The saves that he makes, uh, I think he's been very, very crucial. So it's between them two for me. Yeah, brilliant. And uh, we're going to come back around the, the group now and ask for flop of the season so far. So who do you think, doesn't have to be someone that's performed badly, but who has been or not showing you everything that you've wanted from them so far this season. And to make it really difficult for you, Holly, I'm going to come to you first. You can see my brain trying to process your question. And this is probably why I ask them and not answer them. Um, I, I don't know. It's a bit difficult. I think there's there's been a quite... I mean, Johnson, I think... I think I've been... Was it... I've been on a show before where people have mentioned Johnson and... I sit here and think, I don't think he is the biggest flop of the season. The geezer is young. He's coming into a brand new team. He's playing in the Premier League and he's in the right place at the right time to score goals for us. So I don't necessarily think Johnson is a flop uh, of the season. Um, yeah. Jesus, trying to think on the, on the thing. Of it. I mean, someone said Brian Sessing. I don't think I've seen enough of Brian <laughs> this season to call him a flop. Um, so, yeah, well, I, I mean, playing say... 30 minutes for the under-21s and getting an injury is probably... <laughs> Yeah, that's probably... <laughs> there we go. Ryan Sessignon. Thomas in the chat has answered it for me. <laughs> what a massive cop-out. No, I'm joking. Um, Harry, who are you going to say has been your flop of the season? I think it's quite nice to be sitting here going that no one's really, for me, stood out as being absolutely awful. Obviously, you'll hear names like Brennan Johnson and Timo Werner come up, and I just don't think that's fair. The time they've had at the club and the reason they're bought in for... Um... 
it's going to be quite unpopular, but if I had to choose, I'd probably say Basuma. And that's purely because the standard he set himself at the start of the season and, and him coming back since the red cards and since coming away uh, back from AFCON hasn't hit the heights. But again, I won't call him a flop at all. I'd just say he's underperformed uh, from his form at the start of the season. So if I'm being really harsh, it'd be Yves Basuma. Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? Because that kind of goes along with my um, record of thinking. Yeah, we could go with Holly and we could say players that could feature well in this um, Ange system. You know, I feel like Ryan Sessegnon, either as a wide player or as an inverted fullback, could work well in this system if he could stay fit, if he could stay injury-free and so on. For me, the person I'm going to have to give it to, which probably might sound a bit harsh based on the fact that he's only just come back from an injury, but honestly, the last few weeks, I think he's been really, really poor. And I'm going to give it to Rodrigo Bentancourt. Because I expected mm. a lot more in the system from him. Fair enough. But that's not to say I dislike him or I want him out of the squad. I just don't think he's been that good. I was going to say, Jesus, that's quite harsh, Luke. Man, he's been out for ages. It, yeah, it's harsh. <laughs> but I just, honestly, I just watched him the last couple of games and the amount of times he gave the ball away, the amount of times that he just got caught in possession. I just think that he just seems off it a little bit and I expected more in this system from him. But Callum, how about you? Kulazewski. Kulu for me. I think he's yeah. been so inconsistent. There's no stat which does him any credit this season. There's not enough goals, running. not enough assists. Well, yeah, but a lot of our players do a lot of running. That's about it. It's There's really not anything that I can say that does him much credit, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Even the bit against Wolves, that was a fluke. I can't remember the last goal previous to that or the last assist that he did get. It's City. Oh, mm. City. So that was what? December? Still quite a while ago, though. <laughs> December, was that? Yeah. Maybe even November. It, he's been yeah. really underwhelming. But the good thing is, all of the players that we've all said about are still under the age of 27. So they've all still yeah. got time. So that's the positive that we can all take from it, that... They will have peaks and troughs in form. They can still bring it back and still keep going for it. And with that, just got to keep going. Yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, it is difficult. Um, Jay has said biggest flop is a tricky one. Got to agree with Callum there. Since he'd come back from his illness, he hasn't looked amazing. Um, Barney has said, oh, this is just talking about Tuesday's FIBA stream. He just said, agree, Jay. The stream was super... Superb. Looking forward to the next one. Um, right. Let's move on with some of these questions. And I'm going to make it a little bit more tricky for you all now. So we're sitting here in February. <laughs> this is going to be the last tricky one. We're sitting here in February. And we're sitting where we are in the Premier League. Where are we going to finish at the end of the season compared to where you thought we would finish at the start of the season? And I won't let you go first. So I'll go back to Callum for this one. Oh, screw you. Screw you. <laughs> I can't even remember. I can't even re- no, you're usually the one that keeps hold of this useless information. I don't I think he's sixth, Callum. I think he's about sixth. Yeah, it was either sixth or eighth, something like that. But I think hmm. we, I think you, you guys asked me this the other day, and I think I said fifth. So I'd, I'd probably say fifth would be good for us. I'll go with that. Yeah. The only issue is fifth now is that it's unlikely that we will get. Um, or England as a whole will get um, a spot due to the coefficient. So it I still think it'll happen. 
yeah, so it might mean that, you know, fifth isn't actually as good as we need it to be, but only time will tell. Uh, Thomas said fifth. I think we will finish, and I thought we would finish eighth. Harry Scarf, sure, do you sure. remember where you said we'd finish? Yeah, I said ninth, and I think, to be honest with you, although it, it looks quite funny now, at the time when we lost Harry Kane, uh, it was when we gave these predictions, so it really felt it was a negative feeling around the club. Possible we hadn't had his impact on Spurs and hadn't had any time, really, you know, seen that bit of pre-season. Um, so there was there was a little bit of a negative feel around the club as there was the majority of the summer. So that's where it was. Now being honest with you, now I'm, Man United have lost, but I think that it won't be long before we see Hoyland back. And I, I still think they're just about getting ahead of us uh, on top of Aston Villa because I look at our running and I think it'd be very tough. I hate to say it, but I think it's be a really difficult end to the season for us. So I'm going to go sixth. Interesting. And uh, Miss Agambar, where do you think we will finish this season? It's kind of the same vibe as everyone in the sense that when Harry Kane walked out the door, I thought the world was ending and I didn't think we'd finish very far up the, mm. the table. Um, and the fact that we're sitting here now and we're where we are in, in fifth, it's it's not bad. It's not a bad feeling considering we've got a new manager, um, we've got a new system we're playing. Yes, it's a very sketchy high line, but it seems to be working at times and may that kind of continue because I don't want to keep seeing losses. Um, but I think, I think we could do fifth. I think um, someone on the show the other day was saying how um, maybe Champions League is, is maybe a bit much of a jump for us in terms of players we're going to bring in the summer. Yes, it's a big pull, but then with our injuries, etc., it could be too much of a stretch. But if we go into Europa, it might flesh a little bit of a better competition in terms of where we are on our journey, if that makes sense. And that kind of, I kind of stepped back and said, you know what, I don't think coming fifth would be an absolute um, capitulation where we are at the start of the season. No, I think finishing fifth would be absolutely incredible. I think that this should be, you know, praised in terms of, you know, where this manager and I I kind of like tweeted it the other the other day and, and I thought like where this manager who no one believed in, who nobody thought would do anything, that everybody yeah. thought was just being brought in as another cheap example of, you know, poor ownership at this football club, which I do want to say looks like it has seen some very positive um kind of scenes from some people and, and a lot of positivity looking at how actually all that spending that we didn't do is actually now benefiting us as a football club due to how strict FFP is and things like that. Well, that's another discussion. How good this manager has come in who no one believed in and has you know has done so well. So I think fifth would be really good. I'm going to stick my neck out. You know what I'm like. I'm going to say fourth. And the only reason for that is, I think you're right, Holly. I think that um, actually, I think any European football might be too much. I think I, you kind of need it because, look, with the likes of Dragashin and other players like that, they're going to want to play football and you can't give them the football with no European football. Um, but in terms of why I think we'll finish fourth, because we... Okay, so if we win our game in hand over Aspen Villa and Manchester United, we go two points behind Villa and we go six points ahead of Manchester United. I think it then turns into a Spurs-Villa two-horse race. And I just think that we have enough about us to be able to get that done. But, you know, whether we finish fifth, fourth, even sixth, in my opinion, I still think that we've had a good season. We're on the way into, you know, trying to transform this football club back into what it was. And I think that we should be pleased regardless of, of what happens, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's... Uh, that's everyone, isn't it? So last question before we move on to kind of new segment where we're going to talk a bit about youth football. 
I want to ask everybody to rate. It's a very simple answer. All you've got to do is rate and Foster Coglu's time at Spurs out of 10. And I'll come to you, Mr. Scarf. Of course you do. Um, <laughs> uh, if I'm being positive, 8. 8 out of 10. And I think that is, is realistic and I think that's real credit to him. Um, and to be honest with you, it would be a lot higher if it wasn't for that league cut third round. For me, that was his biggest, his still biggest mistake of his first career so far. And that, that really frustrated me. And I just thought that, you know, I, I think Ange is classy. I think we've seen that. And I thought he'd be, he wouldn't fall into that trap the previous managers have. Sadly, he did. Uh, as Thomas says, season hasn't finished yet. Uh, and I just look at Walsh and go, we're predictable. We didn't look like we had an answer. If you'd asked me before Walsh, I probably would have said about nine. And that, that is how much that, that it's not just a defeat to Walsh, but it's the manner and how we just 71% of the ball, but didn't even look lightly. I think we could still be playing now and we still wouldn't have scored. And that's the worrying thing. But overall, we've got the right guy. We're, we're on the right path. So eight, eight and a half out of 10. Okay. I get that. Uh, Holly, how about you? I don't want to sound boring, but I'll probably go down the same route as Harry. I think eight is probably very reasonable considering last season it was like a therapy session to dissect every single game. And the fact now that yeah. I've fallen back in love with football again and watching Tottenham is a huge credit to that man, Big Ange. Um, and yeah, of course, there's going to be teething problems. We're only in the first season um, with Ange. So for me, the fact that I'm enjoying watching Tottenham again, um, it's an eight for me. Perfect. And Callum, how about you? Uh, I'm going to be a bit of devil's advocate. I'm going to go for a six. I think that... And hear me out, hear me out. The only reason I go for a six is because it's his first season. I don't really expect anything from it. So by saying a six, it means that we can have a vast improvement going up to the sort of the big end of the season. So I'm hoping I can get up to an eight by the end of it. Yeah, fair enough. I'm going to go with an 8 out of 10. I don't want to sound always like the optimist, you know, and always pos- Mr. Positive. But I look at it in various ways, right? I look at it in one, the football that we've been playing. I think it's been fantastic. I did say, you know, from the very start of this season that we would ship a lot of goals. and We didn't need to panic when we did concede goals. And we would lose games. And again, we didn't need to panic when that happened because it's just something that will happen in this system. Um, I think that the signings that have been made... You know, whether or not you want to believe whether he's had any say or not, I think mm. that um, I've been really good. I think that the positivity that you hear from the players about why they joined Spurs and the conversations that they had with Ange Postacoglu, I think have all been good. I think, yeah, there's been negatives. I think there's games where we could have shut up shop, where we could have said, Do you know what, there's 10 minutes left. Let's just defend deep. Let's just go to a back five, Let's, you know, whatever it might be, right? Um, that we haven't done and it has cost us. So that's really, um, you know, those parts. And I would like to see us do better against higher placed opposition. So top four, top five oppositions. But I can't, you know, can't be unhappy with the season that we've had. And uh, I completely agree with Barney, where he says that Ange is the man to take Spurs forward long term. Mm. Um, Right, Callum, here's a time for a new feature that you've been working hard on. Callum is going to talk to everybody about the youth at Spurs. And we all had a chance to pick one youth player each for Callum to have a little chat about. And uh, yeah, go ahead. 
so yeah, I'm just going to start trialing this over the next couple of weeks, see what people think, what they don't think. If they like it, then potentially there could be some extras. If not, then I can dump it and it will burn up like Arsenal season, hopefully, but we will see. <laughs> um, so yesterday, obviously two games for the youth game. Well, the youth teams under 21s beat Fleetwoods 6 0, and we had four scorers of, well, yeah, Scarlet on one, Lancashire getting a record at the stadium of a hat trick in, I believe, 11 minutes. So it set a new record for the stadium. Noel John, who I don't even know how he's still at the club, and Yago Santiago. As well, unfortunately, though, our under-18s did lose against City in extra time. But Tyrese Hall did get a goal, which is really promising. Um, so, like Luke said, everyone gave me a player. And I did a deep dive on them this afternoon to get a little bit more information to give people more of an aspect of how they are and how they're not. So, if I go for Harry's choice, Alfie Dorrington. So... Long-term Spurs servant, been there for quite a long time. He is unfortunately out injured now, so won't be playing any more at Spurs this season. He did his ACL in back in January. But just a little bit of thought on him. He's got a good future with us, and it's probably the time that he is now that he's either going to be fifth-choice centre-back next year behind Phillips and Dragasin and Van der Ven and Romero. But if not, probably a loan would be the best option. So, H, what sort of stuff are you thinking um, about Dorrington? What do you think his future is with us? Yeah, good question. I, if I'm honest with you, I haven't seen a lot from Dorrington. We see a lot about Mikey Moore. We see a lot about Dorrington. Uh, so that's really why you know I put the question to you. So, for me, I look at Dorrington and, and well, I look at this whole team and go that I think they have a, a bright future. So, Callum, put question back at you. Do you think Dorrington will be involved in part of like the long-term kind of future under Ange Postecoglou? Can you see him being in that first team in a few years' time? I would say so. I think definitely okay. with him and Phillips that there's a potential centre-back partnership there. And the good thing about Dorrington, he can play both sides as well. He's not just a right-sider. So you've got a good option there. Uh, right, so next one, we'll go for Hollies. So Holly went Will Lancashire, so the man of the moment. Definitely one who's had to work his way up more than a lot of our youth players. And for Johnny, may know this, he was actually in Arsenal's academy at one point, and his sort of trajectory is like Kane's a little bit. He's gone through all the motions, he's gone through the lower leagues, he's worked his way up, and we got Lancashire from Sheffield, Two years ago, nice little 2.5 million fee, so low risk. But the good thing is he is an out-and-out striker for you. And the stats for this year for him, in 17 games, six goals, 12 assists, and he eh, he does like a yellow card, let's put it that way. But, oh wait, no, that's another person I've got my facts wrong. 13 goals and assists across both of them. So he's doing very well, and he did get the record yesterday so i mean holly can you see lancashire being our out and out number nine going forward for a couple of years time or do you think he's going to just drop out 
I don't know, the fact that he's obviously breaking records right now, I know it's different to, to play in that youth team and then make the jump to the first team. But if he's producing those kind of numbers now, you'd want to hope and think that that will progress and carry on. So it'll be nice to have a, another out-and-out striker uh, come through the ranks, which would be great. Um, I know you said that he joined, but again, to have him through that youth level and then bring him through to the first team would be great. So I'd like to say yes, um, but that, that could be uh, me uh, and Luke's uh, wishful thinking and positive vibes kind of uh, going on to me. But yeah, no, hopefully, fingers crossed. So Dorrington's definitely, pr- well, Dorrington likely for a loan, I'd say next year. Lancashire probably needs another year in the 21s before we can get there. But he has played a lot of youth football. He has played in the Youth Cup as well. So he's very positive to look forward to as well. Uh, Luke, Mr. Donnelly for you, Jamie Paul Donnelly. So he, he for me is probably the closest thing that we've got to Harry Kane in our youth academy. He can do everything. He's obviously the one player that's broken through this year. So definitely something where you have to look and think he's going on well, he's a left-footed number nine, but he's also been noted for his tenacity and finishing ability. He can drop off and he can actually ping a pass as well. So you've got someone who can play across the front three or four and also play as a number eight potentially as well at youth football level, not at top level, but definitely someone who can play through the lines. As we saw yesterday, I believe he assisted for Santiago and he picked a pinch perfect pass through the yeah, one of the defence. I've seen, yeah. And literally allowed Santiago to just round the goalkeeper and make him look like a fool. So definitely Donnelly is one that I would say within the next year to a year and a half, he will probably be the closest to breaking through on the first team setup. And the way that he is going, he's got a contract with us until 2027, I believe. And he's already started winning awards for the under 21 so premier league goal nominations pl2 player of the season he's up for as well so definitely someone to watch out for as well we then got jude sonsup bell this is one who i myself and dave put forward and he is someone who has come from our hated chelsea rival academy who have constantly beat us all the way down the years but He's probably the most promising in terms of an out-and-out sort of Ange-type player in there. He's got all the aspects to be sort of like Brent Johnson, like Kulazewski, can run up and down the wing, can pick a pass, can get into the box. He he signed his first professional contract with Chelsea at 16, and he was quite special for them. So when we got him under Paratici... And Simon Davis, when he first came in, he was quite a coup for us as well because no one expected Chelsea players to be moving over to us. It's just not heard of. It's, I think the last players that came over to Spurs from Chelsea was at first-team level, and I think that was Cudicini or someone like that back in the late two, late to early 2000s. So they've basically done the complete opposite. So we're getting people at youth level instead of people at retirement age. Pretty much, yeah. We're actually getting people who want and still want to play football and not just sit there and go around on the Zimmer frame between the lines. So his contributions this season have been in 22 games, 12 goals, five assists. 
the only problem with him is has been on the injury front as well in the last couple of years. When he came in in 2022, he, within two to three weeks, had pulled up and done his uh, ACL. So he lost a lot of time, but he stepped up into the under-21s this year. He's taken it very well. And it gives you a good combination with having Donnelly playing behind Sonset Bell, Lancashire and Santiago all there in that front sort of four pocket, which gives you a good potential going forward. We then got Yago, Yago Santiago. He was a player that when I was following a couple of years ago, what I heard from the club was that he was actually meant to be leaving back in 2021 and 2022 because he couldn't, he wasn't built for it. He had a couple of injuries and looked to be dropping out as well. But he signed a new deal at the end of 2020, yeah, at the end of 2022 uh, 23 season and managed to actually take it in the stride. And at this rate, he's going to probably end up being around the first team setup this year, being a versatile left winger. So very positive. And his stats are in 10 games, he's got seven goals and four assists. So he's probably the most informed player out of all of them within reason as well. A uh, couple of stars just on loan with a potential first-team future. Divine and Phillips at Plymouth. I don't really want to go too much into them at the moment because probably enough to go over them in a segment on their own. And Troy Parrott, um, just someone I wanted to get your guys' thoughts on because he's been in, a, in and around the first-team for a number of years now and that was even going back to Ange. He didn't really set the world alight at first team level, more at youth level. So, do you guys think he has a future at the club, or do you think he'll be out the door this summer? I think he's. I think he's got to an age now where it could be a bit, a bit difficult for him. But it's diff- it's harsh, isn't it? Because you know, I was just thinking while you were talking then about previous like youth players at us. You know, like when we sold uh, or we got rid of Rio Griffiths. I remember like the outrage from a lot of people. You know, this kid was going to be absolutely sensational, and yet. We just got rid of him and now he's playing at Doncaster Rovers or somewhere, you know, and there's nothing to be ashamed of, of of doing something like that. But we also have to remember that, you know, not everyone's going to be a star, right? And unfortunately, I just think that Troy Parrott, like either he wasn't given the right game time under the crucial ages of Mourinho and others like that. And maybe it was just the wrong managers at the wrong time for him. But every time I see him on loan, he never seems to like set the world alight, which is a bit worrying for me. Yeah, exactly, mate. I mean, going on to Rio just quickly, um, Rio's actually playing step six football now, so he's not even in non-league. He is literally playing Sunday league for a team in North Essex now out by Billericay. Yeah, he literally, when he left um, Leon, he went and did a couple of exit trials here and there, and he actually ended up playing grassroots football that's literally what it is now he is nowhere near the player that we thought it was and it just shows that you can't just leave for money yeah is the best thing since sliced bread and then it went away but so yeah i definitely say troy's probably on his way out unless he can get in there um the two that are coming from overseas youth as well uh obviously bergval probably for first team i would say for definite vuskovic though i think would probably be more likely to go in as a second or third year scholar, I believe, if I'm to be 
Is that the Croatian kid? Yeah, Luka Vuskovic. The he one doesn't come from... until like 2025, does he? Yeah, he'll, he'll only be 18 then, so he'd probably be a second or third year scholar coming in on that, I would say, with a potential first team deal maybe being signed then. I don't think he's going to be ready for first team then and there, so he'll definitely be behind Phillips, Dorrington, Dragasin. Um, yeah, because we still got another year until he comes in in January. Just a couple of players that are sort of on my radar that I will be discussing in the next couple of weeks. We've got Mikey Moore. Tyrese Hall, Callum Olasese, Tyrell Ashcroft, Oliver Iro, Herbie James, Archie uh, Chaplin, Ro- Roman Egan Riley, all playing for the under 18. So, really interesting prospects that I think could have a good future with Spurs or even with other clubs in the Premier League if they do end up leaving us or dropping down into the Championship. One that could be interesting though that I would say that people should have a look at is Luke Gunter as well the under 21s goalkeeper very promising probably a good backup that if Fraser Forster went he could come in or if Brandon Austin or Whiteman went he could come in as that sort of next time player and then the final ones just a couple that got away um who I would say that i completely miss and wish they didn't leave Spurs but uh, Sam Amo Iemi who went to Saints alongside Jaden McComa, Marcus Edwards who's still one of my favourite Spurs players of all time seeing him play, uh, not so much but Noni Madwicki the guy who plays for Chelsea now, wish we'd have got some money for him uh, Ray- Romain Mundell who went standard Liège in the summer, Harvey White Best free kick taker I've ever seen at Spurs. Could ping a ball like there's no tomorrow now at Stevenage. And then obviously Rio as well. But yeah, I mean, is there any players that you guys can think of that sort of, that you've seen that you like the look of that I can take a look at for you in the next couple of weeks? Uh, Phillips and Devine stand out to me at Plymouth. But to be honest with you, um, we probably need quite a bit of time for that because they're both shining. Uh, Devine's proven that he can do it in League One, the Championship, and Phillips has proven he can do it at Plymouth. I think it's nice to see them working together, hopefully two players that we see the future of Spurs. The things you hear from Phillips and then the things we're hearing from Tanganga after that win against Southampton, that's another one. Uh, Obviously, I know in terms of Maybe not, maybe does kind of fit under the bracket, if you like, um, but obviously a completely different career. I'd like to see him playing again, hopefully in the top shirt, but apparently got a um, player of the match against Southampton. So a few players like that, Callum. Tanganga, no worries. I will make a note of him for you, mate. Cheers. Any from you, Luke or Holly? Just as an ideas? No more from me. No, I think Harry's hit the nail on the head. Lovely stuff. I'm still upset with Will Lancashire anyway because uh, he didn't uh, perform for me on Football Manager when I, you know, drafted him in when I needed him in cup games, <laughs> European games. Only so, problem is he, his legs go halfway through my season whenever I play with him. I use Sons to Bill or Donnelly instead, mate. <laughs> Donnelly's doing all right, but uh, yeah, Lancashire, he's still in my bad books. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. But um, thanks for that, Callum. Really appreciate it. And you know, we'll have a we'll have a chat, and anybody that's got any thoughts in the comments or anything like that, um, you know, let us know. Put a comment and and let us know who you want us to focus on, and uh, and we'll talk we'll talk through that. But um, let's move on and talk about next weekend's game really quickly, and let's talk about n- the new manager bounce. 
for Crystal Palace uh, against Spurs because, you know, typically it comes to a time where Spurs have got a game and, of course, they've got to play a team who've just got a new manager and uh, it couldn't be kind of the worst time. But on the other hand, Palace have been in dreadful form this season. They've been so up and down and could be a time for us to get a few goals. Uh, Harry, what are your thoughts about Palace and the new manager? Do you think it's going to be a new manager bounce? Do you think it's going to be tough for Spurs? Am I right in thinking that Glenn won the Europa League at Eintracht Frankfurt? Yes. I think he did. Yeah, he was their yeah. last manager. <laughs> well, do I need to say anymore? He's won the Europa League. You know, whenever we're in the Europa League, you know, we get knocked out. So there you go. That's a, that's a perfect start. Uh, and I also wouldn't agree that Palace have been in bad form. I think the Palace have done that they do every season. have uh, been in and around that relegation scrap, just above it, probably. Uh, but the difference is that Palace fans have been sick of this. They've they've seen uh, Roy Hodgson's style of football for 200 games. Uh, they're in, you know, they're, they're not failing or anything, but they, they're just sick and they look at Brighton and go, who are ever evolving and ever improving. Uh, and that is with managers, with players, with recruitment, uh, with general staff around the club. And, and they just, that's what frustrates them the most. If, if, if Brighton weren't doing well, I think Roy Hodgson would still be at the club. Uh, so it won't be easy, but obviously it depends on uh, Eze and Elise's availability. For me, it determines the result, not being funny, the way we're playing uh, and, and the way we defend. If Eze and Elise play, I'm a bit worried. Obviously, you hope they would be 100%. Um, they're both, I believe, on the verge of, of making it back, so I have to see that. But yeah, 3-0 against Burnley. Uh, he's Burnley, though. It's not going to take that much from that. But obviously, they, they'll cause a threat. They play all right. I think that there's... We need, we need to win the game. <laughs> there's, no, there's no excuses, but Glanshire's record looks good. He's the right appointment from Palace. A very pressured uh, appointment and a pressured sack him, but um, it's one uh, manager appointment that Palace fans will be happy to see. So I think they'll be in full voice at the Toronto Stadium because they're, they're very happy with that appointment. I think I read that this fella's got European football at every club that he's been at since 2017, yeah. every year in a row. Um, but, you know, look, he's got a tough ask um, at Crystal Palace. You know, they... Crystal Palace, they tried to move away from Roy Hodgson, didn't they? And they went to Patrick Vieira and they made some absolutely incredible signings and it just didn't work out for whatever reason. You know, I think that there was a time when they brought in, as you say, Eze, Elise um, and other players like that. And I, I, I felt like they got recruitment completely spot on. And then for some reason, nothing seemed to gel and, and they didn't seem to you know, kind of click together. Your recruitment has been, you, say, the recruitment's been yeah. spot on, and they've brought in players in, and I think Steve Parrish has, has still done enough for me uh, to be insecure of his job. But it's just they they want to see progress. I think they will see that now. Yeah, Holly, do you agree with Johnny here? You know, Palace just won three 0 They have good morale. If we play um, away from home, it's tough though. So you know, it, do you think that this three 0 victory is going to spur them on um, against us next week? It'll definitely give them a boost. Um, I think obviously. The, the way Roy obviously went with his ill health, I wish him speedy recovery, but it just shows that the team are all um, gelling together under this new manager. And like Harry said, the, it's not a manager to take lightly, um, this one at Palace, but it is going to be a big ass um, coming to the Tottenham Stadium. I think that's the only saving grace. I know obviously the last game we played didn't really go to plan, but I think with obviously that, that gap we've had in this week to try and pull things together, as long as I do not see us concede from a corner with a free header, then... So be it. But if I see that again, I'm going to lose my head. But I think it's it's going to be one of those that we can't take the game lightly. We can't be like, oh, it's only Palace. We actually got to go in this game starting from the off because there's been so many games this season where we seem to start for the last for the first 10 minutes and then it all goes a bit sour and then we just don't want to shoot. So as long as we have shots early on and there's people that are actually confident to have the shot, 
um, then we will be all right. But it, it's not going to be an easy one. And I, <laughs> I don't think it's going to be a clean sheet either. Um, but I just hope that with the, the results that have been going, the talk about whether and should he drop this high line, blah, 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 blah. I think it's a real statement to go out there and just beat Palace and move on to the next one. Yeah, 100%. And Callum, do you think that having this extra week off for Spurs is going to be beneficial compared to Palace who had to play this weekend? Or do you think that that's not going to make any difference when it comes to the game? I don't think it'll make any difference, mate, to be honest. Um, I I think the Palace are going to be rearing up and up and ready and going for it. And if if we had played this weekend, it would have been against Chelsea on a Friday night. So there was a good chance that we'd have played out a turgid 2-1 loss or something like that, or we'd have actually mm. absolutely trounced them. So there's no comparison. Um, if Ryan Mason is still on set-piece defending, we're going to have a nice bit of fun again next weekend as well. And Glasner's a class coach. He he always gets his players on side and the players always back him. He just don't get on with chairmen and sporting directors. He's always very outspoken when it comes to that. So I think definitely if he's got the players going, Palace have got enough about them to take any team on. It's like Johnny said, City have lost to him. Arsenal have had dodgy results against them the last couple of years. But what's, what Spurs need to be doing and what Ange needs to be doing is practicing set-piece routines, Make sure that if we're going to press a team, you press from the get-go. You don't press them for 10 minutes, then you let them off, and then yeah. you just set no precedent for it. So if we're going to go, if we're going to play at Spurs, we need to play them how we want to play, not let teams dictate to us like how Wolves did as well. Because all we did, we let Wolves play prime Conte ball of how we wanted it to be. If we play our style, Palace will get demolished but we need to stick by it all the way through and not do it in 10-minute bouts every six six to 20 minutes. That's the thing. It's And like Haz has just said as well, zonal marking, just mark your bloody players. Don't Just mm. don't let someone walk into your box and milk you because, I mean, Mark Gahey loves to score from corners. They've got other people like Mateta, Edward, if they can score from corners, then we ain't got no hope. So we just need to play against them and knock them out of the park in the first half. If we want to sit down, have in the second half. Perfect. Couldn't have said it better myself. Right, let's move on. Get to the bit that everybody loves, and that is score predictions. I'll give you 30 seconds or so. I'll also give the same 30 seconds to everyone in the mm. chat, so get spamming your score predictions in for the Palace game. Now, and we'll read out as many as we you can. You come to me first. I'm ready for my score prediction. You're going to come to me. I'm nearly, I'm nearly ready for you. But first of all, we do have to bring up the score predicted table. So, uh, as you can see, I'm still top 24 points. Winnie is uh, on 21 points. Dave and Harry level on 17. Callum, only one correct score off getting the same <laughs> point as those boys on 14 points. So, it's so all What are you laughing at, H? What are you laughing nothing, at? Nothing. No, no, no. Nothing at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All to play for. So, um, Harry, after that little outburst, what's your prediction for the game? Uh, I think there's going to be goals in it. Uh, we're Tottenham, we're going to concede. Um, and I think that Callum highlighted the the threat that Palace calls from set pieces. And obviously, we know how he defend them with his own marking. I don't really need to say much about that. We can all see it. We've all got eyes. Uh, Mark Gay will be a problem. I think Anderson will score from a set piece. I think Mateta will score. But I think Tottenham will win the game. Bit of spin on it there. 3-2 Spurs. 3-2 Spurs. 
Oof, five goal thriller. I think uh, we'll go two down. I think it'd be an awful Thomas start. Is, I think I have to turn it around. Thomas has gone three one. Barney's gone one nil Spurs. Has positive as ever has gone two two Spurs. Yeah, two two draw. Sorry. Jay has gone for a 2-0 Spurs win. Uh, Holly, I'm going to keep you waiting. Callum, what score are you going for? I'm going to stick with my consistent 2-1, mate. <laughs> Just go for that the whole way. I'll tell you something funny. When I used to do, um, when I do used to do this show on the old channel that it was called, we used to predict every game in the whole week. And I, for some reason... Just went for one. It was when Sheffield United were terrible and they got relegated. And I just went one nil Sheffield United every week because I said, well, at some point they're going to win one nil, and then you know at least I will get the points then. But it took a long, long time for that to happen. Um, so yeah, just keep going with two one, and I'm sure you'll be fine. Eventually, uh, eventually, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And Holly, I'm coming to you next. I'm going to say 2-1 as well, because I am not going to wear my Madison shirt, because the last time I went to the ground and wore my Madison shirt, we got beat by Chelsea by quite a bit. Uh, so as long as I don't wear that shirt, we should be taking home three uh, three points. 2-1 Spurs. 2-1 Spurs. Lovely. I'm actually going to jot you down on my list. 2-1. Uh, Winnie, who's not here, has also gone for 2-1 Spurs. Um, <laughs> Common predictions. Yeah. Two-one. Johnny has gone for a 2-2 draw. Uh, sorry, Holly, I'm just writing your 2-1 down. Didn't Arsenal, didn't Arsenal draw 2-2 at Palace? They were 2-0 down and recover it to 2-2 and celebrate it like they win the league. I swear that was Palace at home. Either against them or Brighton, weren't it? One of the two. Um, it was Palace. Last season? Season before? Yeah. I, decided, I decided to go for a 3-1 Spurs win. I, just, I think, yeah, everyone thinks that Spurs will concede. I don't think there's no doubt about that. Um, but... yeah. I think, you know, as you say, Harry, I think we'll do the opposite. I think we'll go a couple of goals up early and uh, see the game out. But only time will tell. Right, that kind of wraps us up for today. It was a nice, short, but sweet uh, episode today. So if you are new to the channel, don't forget to hit the like button. And don't forget to subscribe as well. If you're listening on any podcast platform, I actually want to shout out everyone on on, uh, Spotify and Apple Music and everything else because I was looking through the stats this week and they're absolutely sensational. You guys listen the whole way through and um every week and so it's brilliant i really do appreciate everybody that's on um any podcast platform so shout out to you all um right so quick one we will be back on tuesday night for some more pro clubs one week i will drag holly to play with us um but you know we have maybe getting a, a dms on twitter and beggar to come on and play pro clubs with us but i will eventually... man i just need to uh have a nap before i play <laughs> <laughs> my honestly the work and shows and stuff my brain's just frazzled and you don't want to see my fifa skills when my brain is frazzled <laughs> no you can't enough, be worse than luke you can't be worse than luke and he's doing it all the time yeah there is that <laughs> um but myself kirk and winnie will be back on tuesday night um at eight o'clock to play that barney's looking forward to the stream um but i want to thank you all for joining us today holly uh it's been an absolute pleasure having you on once again let everyone know how they can find you. No, thank you for having me. Like I say, uh, I've had this one in the diary, so I don't like not, I need to come on. So thank you for having me. Um, and you can just find me uh, at Holly's Hotspurs every Monday. I do a live show apart from tomorrow because I'm having a week off. I need to just to chill out a little bit. Um, but thanks again for having me tonight. I really enjoyed it. No problem. Anytime. Uh, Mr. Scarf, is there a show for you this week? Oh, yes, there is. Uh, firstly, thank you very much for having me. If you want to follow me, you can there. Uh, 
uh, Harry Scarf 22, but check out my channel, uh, Scarf Spurs, so you see match, uh, instant match reactions, match previews, match day vlogs, and weekly live shows every Monday at 8 p.m. And also introducing interviews uh, with people. We've got one with James Black uh coming out soon and also uh there, there'll be there'll be a couple more interviews uh coming out uh, one will be a former spurs uh an england player gary stevens uh so i'm really looking forward to that that'll be coming soon uh on the show yep yeah, as usual show monday previewing palace a little bit on the season and rating angie's time at spurs so far um so that shall be a good one we've got some big guests on including like the not, not this week but before the end of the season the likes of adam pearson who i'll be working with uh head of the newcastle game so and, and potentially paddy murphy and jonathan morley so i'm looking forward to this end of the season because they've got hard games we've got uh bring it on because what i like about this team is you look forward to playing every game hopefully put it right but uh, what i meant to say earlier is against palace what matters is what we we how we react to that wolf's defeat that's me done thank you Perfect. That was the longest outro ever. Yeah, uh, I know, yeah. That's way, way too long. <laughs> Callum, how can everyone find you? Talk more about Spurs and even Spurs youth football. As always, mate, uh, Callum Subs97 on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I may start posting now. I'll probably be working a lot alongside you guys on here to see how we go. But if people are interested, drop me a DM on there and I will look to potentially start writing a couple of pieces on there as well. So we'll see how it goes over the next couple of weeks. Amazing. Thank you for that. It was really, really good. And you can follow me at Luke underscore Park Lane. But more importantly, go follow Holly, go follow Harry, go follow Callum and, you know, click the subscribe button on this uh, channel and also on everybody else's channel as well. Let's support each other and let's watch each other's content and uh, let's keep cheering on Spurs. But hopefully we'll be back next week to talk about a Spurs victory. But nonetheless, we will be back next week to talk about Spurs. So until next time, a massive come on you Spurs. Up come Spurs. on you Spurs. <laughs>